Hello everybody. Happy Wednesday. Hope everybody is having a fantastic week, having a great day. I am super excited to be sharing and introducing you guys to today's happy hour guest, Miss Olivia Cook. And I see that she just joined. Wow, I love it. Like one of the prompt guests we've had in a while. I love it. Waiting for Olivia to join us, waiting on that connection. We'll give technology a few moments to catch up. Yay! How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. Good to see you. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while, probably since what, Suma? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess so. That's crazy. Is that right? No, I don't know. <laughs> that feels way longer than it's actually been. Each other since then, but I really can't remember. I I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> made it crazy. Yeah. The backstory for those of you out there watching who don't know, um, Olivia and I met at SEMA um, back in 2015. I found pictures of that the other day. You were such a baby. <laughs> we were both babies. <laughs> That was my first year at SEMA. Was it? Yeah. That was that was so crazy. It was like kind of like a by chance meeting through um, Kristen. Kristen Felder. Yeah. Through Collision yeah. Hub, which was awesome. Sada booth. But, what's that? Said eating a bunch of gummy bears at the Sada booth. Yes. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> and then, um, and then, so Olivia was involved in the Chevy Montage Project. Um, she did a ton of the body work on the montage. You came out, I think, two, maybe three times during the montage. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Lovely. What's that? Said all during the summer, too, so I know. it was lovely. I know. We, ha we have air conditioning now. We didn't at the time. <laughs> it's okay. It's brutal. And then she agreed to paint High Yellow. So um, High Yellow 56 was the truck build that went to SEMA this past year. And Olivia is the one who painted that phenomenally. Um, but since in between the Chevy Montage and High Yellow, Olivia kind of transitioned from doing automotive stuff to doing boats. Um, so tell, tell everybody who's listening and watching, um, a little bit about kind of how you got your start and how you got into doing paint and body? Uh, it's kind of by accident. Uh, I went to tech school with a guy in 2003. That makes me sound really old, but... Not at all. Um, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to Lyotech in 2003, and one of the guys I did a trim and upholstery with, because originally I wanted to do a trim and upholstery. Oh. And, yeah. So I went to uh, Pennsylvania, and I went to tech school. I went to Wyotech, and then uh, we kind of talked to each other throughout the years a little bit, and then he kind of got a hold of me over social media maybe three or four years ago and asked me if I would come out and I'd be interested in painting boats, and uh, I said no. Um, I really had no interest in it, and then... Uh, one of the designers called me and uh, asked me to come out and if I would take a look at it. And I did. And then um, I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
and then I ended up doing it and uh, I've been there ever since so so why I'm curious why why did were you not interested and what eventually convinced you to give uh, in wanted to go into custom paint full-time so uh, that's why I wanted to do it, but then I didn't want to do it just because um, I knew nothing about boats, and uh, I don't know. It just seemed pretty overwhelming. I would go into the booth and then see this big, huge boat, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I could do it, you know? I've never painted a boat before, but um, I did it, and I love it. So how long? You were doing automotive for a while, though, right? Yeah, I was doing automotive ever since uh, I went to tech school. So right after tech school, I started in a shop and always been on automotive. Okay. So I want to like rewind a little bit. So you went to tech school originally thinking you were going to do trim and upholstery and that kind of stuff. How yeah. did you wind up in paint and body from that? <laughs> upholstery? Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> You think I should be really good at math, but I suck at it, and there's a lot of math, and <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like it as much as I thought it, I would. It's just really structured, and I don't know, and then I took um, the auto body class because that was the main course of it, and then I took um, street rod, and uh, part of the street rod course was like metal fab, and then the last bit of it after you were done with all your comps you could go play in the paint shop. So then I would just sit there and I would do like flame jobs and airbrush and stuff. And then at that point I was like, this is what I want to do. Were you artistic before? Like, were you creative? Before. So that's why it's like the artsy side of automotive. Yeah. I, I'm so jealous because the tech school I went to didn't have auto body or upholstery or any of that. And I, like, I feel like I, I might have gone a different path if I'd been exposed to some of that earlier. Like, we didn't have auto body. We didn't have welding. It was, like, just mechanical, and, like, that was it. But. Yeah, I, I started off with mechanical in high school, and uh, then I went to – we had auto body, too. So I took uh, mechanics, and then I took auto body, and I found more of a passion in the auto body side. And then I went and did that in uh, tech school. And nice. then uh, been doing that. How um how were people in your life when you like first went down that path of of going into automotive? Uh, it's always been the same. There's people that are either really supportive or not supportive at all. So I mean, throughout my whole whole career, it's been one side of the spectrum to the other. And there still is people that uh, don't support me or want to see me fail. But I mean, that's the nature of the beast. How you know I, that? I, is. Oh, totally. I one hundred percent. And I, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's the most common question that I get asked by other women coming into the industry is like, how do you deal with it, and how do you handle it? So you, you're an example. I feel like of of you know a name that people don't necessarily know about. Like you're not like Eugen and Lights and and on TV, although I think you should be. Um, but you're a role model and you're an inspiration and you've really like made it in a lot of ways and you're incredibly talented and you've been, had a very successful career. Like how have you managed to do that? Oh, news year. Hi, new. Um, <laughs> speaking That's of talented, amazing women. 
I told her she needs to come out for the next build. Yes, totally, totally. <laughs> um, how how have you like what have been your your secret weapons for dealing with it, or how have you handled it? Um, just having thick skin at the end of the day. Um, I think no matter what field you're in, if you're male or female, there's always going to be people out there. There's always negative people. There's always people that want to see you fail. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, some people just suck. <laughs> so you just gotta... <laughs> Amen. No matter where you go, some people just suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, but it counts for everything and everybody. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think it's easy to forget sometimes, right? Like we we see our world in our little bubble, and we deal with the stuff that we're dealing with in our industry, and we forget that like no matter what industry you're in, no matter what job you're in, there's there's gonna be BS that you're gonna put up with, and it kind of becomes a question of like which BS are you okay with putting up with? <laughs> right? Uh, we had a girl come into the shop yesterday. And uh, she works for Boeing now. I'm not really oh. sure what it is, but she wants to be a buffer. So um, she asked if there were any other girls in the shop. And then uh, my shop manager bought her by. And uh, he said he was hesitant to hire her. But I said that at the end of the day, anybody is capable of doing anything. It just as long as they have the will and the want. Yeah. And if you don't have the will and the want, you're not going to last very long. Amen. Amen to that. I, I cannot wait until the day when it's it's not about whether you're male or female and it's about whether you have the attitude and the desire and the willingness to learn and grow and work hard. And um, I think that's so that's so important. Right. And we've gotten I don't know, we have a long way to go, I feel like, <laughs> but yeah. hopefully we're getting there. Um, I think so. I think so. I think times have changed so much and it is a lot more supported, I think, uh, for women to be in the industry. I think because of social media, you see so much more of it. And through like the montage and everything else, seeing other girls out there where you never know, you know, because yeah. before, before the montage, um, I never knew any other girls besides, you know, random ones that I've talked to on social media. But Agreed. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I think a lot of women have that experience in social media. One hundred because you came up around the same time I did, right? I started. I was in tech school in two thousand. Mm -hmm. You were in two thousand three. You said right. So the difference between then and now, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Started. Uh, it was kind of taboo. So I've had plenty of people hand me back my resume and tell me good luck with that, or you know just laugh at me or tell me that they would just hire me to wash cars and, you know, but then you find the people that are really supportive and the people that do want to help you throughout your career. And I tell yeah. girls that all the time, there's either people that don't want to help you at all. And there's some people that will don't get discouraged because the good people are out there to support you. You just have to find them. But I think yeah. that's for a female too. I, you know, I've heard plenty of guys go through shops and, you know, how totally. totally. Yeah, I think there's there's stuff that that easily gets confused as being like 
that young women that I know in the industry are like, oh, that might be because I'm a girl. And sometimes it's, it's not, it's just because you're new. And yeah. then sometimes there is stuff that is just because you're a girl, right? Like I, I like yeah. being told, yeah, I'm not gonna ever hire a girl to do this job. Good luck with that, right? That's pretty obvious. But I almost like in retrospect, in hindsight, I kind of almost want to thank those people because like, thanks for being that forward about how you feel. Cause I wouldn't have wanted to work at your shop anyway. Right. <laughs> like yeah. if that's your attitude, then I don't want to work there anyway. Thank you for doing me that favor. <laughs> totally. Thanks for not beating around the bush. Thanks for being like really straightforward about it. And <laughs> we can just move on. <laughs> but then it's all about the mindset too. You know, yeah. people just want somebody that will come in, work hard, you know, and be punctual and yeah. not take two hour lunches and, you know, just the common sense things, but you'd be surprised totally. a lot of people don't have those common sense things. And just because you did go to a tech school, you're still going to have to work your way up as well as, as everybody else. Amen to that. Yeah. I know that's been uh, a fight with some, I think, newer hires that we've had that have been strictly like straight out of, out, out of school. You know, they have that, I can do everything mindset where you need to learn like every little aspect to it. And it's not, yeah. you're not just going to go in there. And... Yeah, totally. You're not going to be suddenly like handed a, a really expensive boat and be like, here, paint this. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you work your way up or say on the mechanical side, it's the same thing. Like they're not just going to hand you the keys to do an engine rebuild job. Like you're going to start, you're going to start right. sweeping floors and doing oil changes. Like that's what you're going to start doing male or female regardless. Right. I, yeah. I saw somebody commented um, that they would put you up against anybody that like, oh, I and I, I, you, you have earned your respect in the industry. And I think that's like a, a really, um, you're such a great role model in that sense. Like you've just been head down, like getting it done and making strides and moving forward in your career and doing big stuff. And you ask just about anybody in the industry who knows their stuff and they're like, oh yeah, that Olivia's awesome. Like she's, she's the boss. Yeah. I appreciate that. I started, especially on the social media. Like I was working in a shitty shop, you know what I mean? Doing the regular everyday grind and then slowly going into you know, more corporate-y and then, you know, being a head painter at a shop and then going out to like MTI and slowly picking away and just growing. But I think that's important. Yeah. So how, how are you liking boats now? And how is uh, it different? <laughs> I think it, it, so yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think I would do anything else. I don't think I'd ever go back to collision anyways. What about restoration? Uh, <laughs> I, I do like restoration, though. That is on my, that's why I'm trying to read. Yeah, what uh, is this question? Um, I do. Kids, if that's about, you see yourself carving out time for having kids. I have two kids. Yeah. So, yeah, talk <laughs> about that. I can't speak to that. So, definitely, like, um, how, how, um, how do you carve that out and how do you achieve that life balance that we're all trying to achieve? Possible. It's possible. It's definitely hard, especially for a long time. I lived in Illinois and MTI is in Wentzville, Missouri. So I was making an hour plus commute every day 
And uh, I'm lucky I have my parents that uh, lived on the Illinois side. So uh, they definitely helped out a lot. But uh, just recently bought a house out in Wentzville. So my commute now is like 10 minutes. and I'm so happy. And <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And yeah. so happy for you. So excited about it. And that and I have property so I can build a shop here and be close to home and do the whole whole deal and it'd be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a, a mom, right? But similarly balancing like a ton of things, right? Oh. And I I think <laughs> it does. To the I, extreme. I think, right. <laughs> I mean, we all have our have our craziness in our own ways. But I, I think the big thing for me, at least, is remembering that work-life balance isn't like a thing that you achieve and then you're done. Like yeah. it's this constant ebb and flow and the pendulum's constantly swinging and you're like, oh, I found balance. No, I'm missing more of that. No, I'm missing more of that. No, I, right. Right, right. Yeah, I know. I sign myself up for everything I can possibly do. And then when I do, <laughs> I'm like, you know, stretch to the max. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Why? why? <laughs> yeah, I like it though, you know, I'd like to stay busy and I want to keep growing, uh, you know, in my work life and personal life. So yeah. um, I think that's important to be able to grow and keep growing. Some people, you know, make their peak and then they're just, and they're done. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I never want to stop growing and learning. I always want to look back and be like, oh, I was such an idiot back then, right? Like, <laughs> I want to like be getting to that next level and, and always. I think so. It's so cool to watch. It really is awesome. So you've got some plans. Are you able to talk about your little like side? Yeah. What's that? Did we just freeze? Um, oh. um, I side work, but it's kind of hard right now because I just bought a house. So every bit of money is going into getting the house up to speed. And then yeah. uh, I just got a really bad rainstorm the other day. So it turns out that the backyard turns into a swamp whenever it rains really hard. So oh, fun. Uh, a plot <laughs> property that shop was potentially going to go on is not going to work. So then having somebody come out and excavate and do a bunch yeah. of other stuff. So it's happening, but it's just right. a long time. Yeah. But uh, that is the, the long-term goal is to uh, paint bikes on the side. And hopefully someday that'll be my, my main deal. I love it. I think that's really exciting. Are you, last time we like talked, like well, last time we, I guess we were hanging out together, you were talking about um, like really wanting to get more into like the design and layout piece of thing on the boats because the, mm. the boats, you're, you're doing all of this insane custom work and side note for everybody watching, like if you haven't seen her stuff, as soon as this is over, don't do it now because you want to stay tuned. But um, after this is over, go check out her page and check out her work because, like, holy bejesus, the stuff that she does on these boats is absolutely flipping phenomenal. Um, and you've been doing all of these amazing des designs, but you were looking to get into, like, the, d the design side of it. How, more, how has that been going? 
Um, it's been going good. It's just a lot of uh, trial and error and stuff. So uh, I bought a really expensive computer and all the deals. <laughs> And uh, I hooked up with a girl that um, I work with right now, and she does the graphics. So I have, you know, the tools and stuff to um, be able to cut my own graphics and stuff and design them and um, get that ball rolling in that aspect. That's cool. Are you enjoying it as much as you thought you would? Um, yeah. It's just another thing to juggle. So it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just add more to the list. Just keep on adding more. <laughs> I have to remember to be patient sometimes that, you know, I can't conquer the world in a day. Oh, God, isn't that, like, the, for all of us to remember, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It takes baby steps sometimes, and I get frustrated with it because I want it now. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. I so appreciate you saying that. I think we all need to remember that, like, it's easy in the moment to be like, but I want that now. I want to be there yeah. now. I want to get to it. I'm putting in the work. I'm working my butt off. Why do I not have all the things yet? Right. And, and then, right. you know, I was looking, I was looking for a good photo of us together. And, um, and that's when I stumbled across the picture from SEMA because Google does the crazy thing where it like, it recognizes faces. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So it was pulling up every single photo I have that has your face in it, which is just kind of a really cool thing and also a really creepy thing. Um, but it's, because it's good at recognizing, but it found your picture from way back in early SEMA. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that felt like forever ago, but it was 2015. It was five years. Like that's not that much, you know? I roll through stuff like that. I really remember like going to SEMA for the first time and it was through like a really rough patch and I was going through a divorce and, you know, and that's where I was all like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on myself for a little while. And then after that, I dived into absolutely everything I could, anything anybody offered me or we talked about. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> so I didn't say no to one thing. And I like rolling through everything. It's just like really seeing the everything expand. So whenever I see that end picture, like I want to have my shop and it's going to be cool and I'm going to do all these bikes and, you know, and I want to eventually just live on that instead of just resting for somebody else. Not right. You know what I mean? But I know. Although sometimes busting your butt for yourself is almost worse than busting your butt for somebody else. Um, I get more gratification for it at the end of the day. Whatever it's strictly yours from the initial thought of it to the process to the end to the delivery, everything is on you and nobody else. It's just that, that like, holy shit, yeah. this is how far I've come, you know, yeah. and it's taken me this long to do it. But you know what I mean? And that nobody can take away from you. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And I always like to balance that out with like, I think there's sometimes this myth of what it, what it looks like to work for yourself and that it's going to be full of liberty and freedom and tons of money. And you're going to be able to work when you want to and make all the decisions with whatever you want. And the reality is, is much different than that because you wind up often working harder and longer and... Right. That's why I absolutely loved MTI. At the end of the day, like I do custom paint work every day on, you know, anywhere from little scale, because 
you have to do all the little pieces and parts. And sometimes I do these little, these little plaques and I do seat backs and dashes and boats and like everything in between, you know, so they scale from this size to like 57 foot. So at the end of the day, it's like, well, I do the custom paint deal and I do it every day and I love it. So this thing on the side is just for my, I call it my, uh, my mental, you know what I mean? I just yeah. need it to keep my brain happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Cause it's a little bit more, it's a more creative outlet I would think maybe for you. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'll always be my bread and butter, but it's doing stuff on the side is definitely fulfilling my mental yeah. side. So to go on a little bit technical side for those who are watching who might be interested. Um, so I know looking at some of the boats that you've done, like from just looking at them, a novice eye might think that it was a wrap or stickers or, you know, and and it's all paint and it's all custom work and you're doing a ton of it by hand in a lot of ways, right? What's right. Um, so you wrap some boats. Um, sometimes they have, uh, they have like fun runs and stuff and they'll have like a demo boat. Okay. So take a demo boat and they'll wrap it. Like I uh, painted today in the second half of my day was sitting out in a shop where it's 97 degrees with a blowtorch between my legs peeling off a wrap off the whole cat, um, for paint. Um, that sounds lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they sold it. So now we have to put a paint job on it. Gotcha. So, uh, we wrap some, but we do, uh, paint everything in house. Okay. And so what does that process look like for, for people who aren't familiar and like how, like how, how long does it take to paint the kind oh. of graphics that you're doing on a boat? Um, it depends if it's a cat or uh, a center console. We do both. And uh, it depends. Every single one is custom built. So the customer, uh, we manufacture the boat. Um, so there's a facility up north in Green Bay that actually makes the boat. And they ship it down to us. So whenever we get it, it's a raw gel coat. So we have to sand the whole boat. Uh, wipe down the whole boat, mask the boat, paint the boat, clear the boat, sand it all back down, um, do touch-ups, re-clear the boat, and uh, ship it over to buffing. And then... Are you doing all of this with, like, the same size tools that we use on cars and motorcycles? Yes, I use a little DA to sand the whole boat. And, uh, yeah, it's very time-consuming. Wow. Time wow. Is that, like... Obviously, you know, you hear body folks talk about getting panels on long cars, getting them straight and getting them perfect. Like, is it Ours is glass and a gel coat? So it's not like a flat panel at the end of the okay. day, it's fiberglass boat. So it's not straight as narrow. I okay. mean, it's still, it's like a core imperfections and whatnot in it. But, um, but after we do the graphics, uh, we put anywhere between five to seven coats of clear and then we'll sand it all flat so you don't have any tape lines mm -hmm. and then do a few minor touch-ups and then re-clear it so whenever the boat comes out of the booth it's it's flat you can't feel any tape lines or anything and then they buff the whole boat from end to end and that but, can take 
I mean, what's the what's the longest time frame you've ever done? On a boat? Um, yeah. Like the most complex paint job, how long would that have taken? 20, I think 27 days. Wow. And the paint booth. But okay. then it goes to buffing and then they have it for however long and then it goes to rigging. And it's what? The rigging where they assemble the boat. Oh, gotcha. Everything's made to custom order. So they could want something might be a fishing boat or it might be a diving boat or it might be just a party boat or they want, you know, flashy lights and whatever. What, yeah, whatever you want, they'll put it on there. <laughs> we have a whole interior team that custom builds of interiors, um, but everything's made to order. So it's, it's a long process. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And how... How is the team that you that you work with? Have they been accepting of you? Are you like at the shop? What's what's the work environment like? Um, it's, <laughs> it's good. Pros and cons. I mean, we have. Yeah, it's I, it's just like anywhere else. Sometimes you butt heads, and sometimes you work great. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Very diplomatic answer. I love it. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it is. I mean, um, some people are accepting and some people aren't. So sometimes you have to work extra hard. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's, there's um, the thing that kind of ties the ladies in, in this industry that I know like together is this um, this thing of when we encounter that any sort of pushback, like any sort of like not so supportive people that like that just makes us want to work harder and exactly. be better. Exactly. Yeah. Not always easy, but at the end of the day, uh, I want to be there and I'm going to continue being there. So um, I just go in and do my best and forget the rest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting, earlier you said that you went through a period, you went through a rough time um, with your divorce and kind of all that, and then you dove into just saying yes to everything. And it's interesting how many times that that theme has come up in these conversations that I've been having on the happy hours is I just said yes. Like I just said yes, I just said yes, I just said yes. And it's such an interesting thing that it keeps coming up organically that like that's a theme that's tying us all together is some crazy opportunity came up and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. But, you know. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Okay. Uh, I was seeing if we've got any questions. No, those aren't questions, those are statements. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> if anybody has any questions, please feel free to write them in the little question box below. We're happy to answer them. Um, how, I've got, how has COVID um, been affecting the boat business and um, your job? Kind of uh, hard for a minute because uh, we are in the city. We're not in the city, but we're close enough to it to make it an issue. Um, and I know South County got hit pretty hard. Um, I was out of work for I think maybe two weeks. Okay. Uh, I went back, um, and it was uh, strictly stay in the booth with the mask on and don't go out. <laughs> you know, except to uh, use the restroom. So, yeah, I mean, 
kind of hard and it was hard because my kids weren't in school. So, you know, oh, thankful wow. parents. And then whenever I was out of work, uh, I stayed home for, um, uh, my kids are, uh, artistic. My daughter is, um, but I stayed home and, uh, actually it was, it was nice. We were cooking and baking and probably gained like 20 pounds on COVID. <laughs> The COVID-15, I think a lot of us have. Uh... <laughs> right. Um, but it's nice. You know, sometimes it's nice to slow down. And, I, you know, I've heard it from so many people. Like, I've never spent so much time with my kids. And, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some good that came out of it, I suppose. I think totally, right? Like, anytime we have major crisis or major transition or whatever you want to call right. this, like, it's it's caused to pause and, and reflect and look at things differently. And, and yeah, I was just talking to a buddy the other day and he's like, I never ate dinner with my kids. Now we eat dinner every night together. And I'm like, that's right. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I think more people were, everybody's on the fast track. So everything's readily accessible to everybody, fast food, you know, and just seeing everybody grocery stores sell out of everything. Cause everybody's going to stay home and cook now, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah good to slow down because people kind of take all that craziness, you know, that it's just a normal thing. And I think it's sometimes yeah, a good reminder that, you know, yeah. we are vulnerable. We are what? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. And, and what's important in life too, right? Like just shifting the, shifting right. the perspective. And I think, yeah, obviously, I think this whole thing, everybody's experienced differently and there's been, there's been different pressures on people differently. Yeah. There's some, some interesting questions coming, coming in. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so I think we've all had different experiences of it, but I think no matter, no matter how it's been, it's been a, a real, like having to question and look at life a little bit differently than maybe we've yeah. been previously. Yeah, I think it definitely has changed. So now, even though that I do have all these extracurriculars and things that I want to do, it's definitely helped me realize that, you know, this is coming first. Like, I want to put up this shop and everything else, but still home life and that comes first. So soon as that part's taken care of, then I can focus on the extra things, you know. Um, so... Wow. Yes. If there's if there's anybody I know who will accomplish whatever they set their mind to, it's you. Like I have watched you over the years be like, I want to do that. And then a year later, you're like, boom, here I am. <laughs> so I know, I know that you will make it happen for sure. But it's very important to always set goals and to, you know, do whatever you can to achieve them. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, it's like setting the goal and then letting go of it and like setting it out in the universe. Cause like, sometimes what winds up happening is even better than you could have imagined or set a goal for. And like, just letting that happen too is, is important. But yeah. Somebody asked um, if we were going to be at SEMA this year, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Are you going to be at SEMA? I don't know. I think it's an up and down. I don't think I am this year with everything that's going on. And uh, I don't know. Now they're talking about not even starting school and doing I've home heard school. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's gonna be so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. With all that stuff going on, I don't think 
I don't think SEMA is really going to be as big as it usually is this year. No, I'm, I'm kind of playing it by ear right now, but I, I feel like, no. what's that? Uh, I usually go to Autorama in Detroit to uh, so help at the, uh, at the booth. Yeah. Uh, I told uh, some of the guys from SADA that I would definitely be up this year at that. And that's just a quick drive and yeah. a weekend. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm not convinced SEMA's going to happen. I'm like, I know uh, they say they are, but I'm not convinced. <laughs> like, you think of how much money gets dumped into SEMA and all the, you know, investors and everything else. But you look at every every industry like whether it's like buying a house, trying to order stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, you can't get anything right now. No, um, it's hard. It's hard. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I hear, I feel like I'm hearing more and more people say, even if it happens, I'm not going. Um, yeah. So I it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, what getting back to more personal stuff and not not SEMA e COVID stuff, but um, what uh, we've talked about it a little bit. But if you if you had to talk to the younger version of you, what mm. what would you what would you say? What would your advice be? Um, oh man, I think just keep doing what you're doing at the end of the day. Um, and don't get discouraged because I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, at the end of the day, there's just people that suck. So, um, and I do tell that to the younger girls and the younger um, people that reach out to me is that it's hard. The work is hard. The, the people that you deal with could be hard, but I tell my daughter that too, like, no matter what you want to do in life, you just have to have a positive attitude, go to work, be punctual, work hard, and be passionate about whatever you put your hands on, and it'll be fine. I love it. Words to live by for all of us, not just younger versions of ourselves. <laughs> right? In life, just give a shit about it, and then it'll work out. Yeah, I love it. I think all so. right. <laughs> Um, what else should we talk about? We've talked about your painting of boats. We've talked about high yellow. We talked about COVID. Um, well, um, buy oh more. God. What is this? Somebody said buy more tools. That's what I'll tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. I've tools are part of it. I don't know the tools are the whole answer. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I buy a lot less tools than you. I could that buy great guns and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say that your tools are more expensive than ours, but not necessarily, actually. Not necessarily. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe in one hit, but. Right. Buy a toolbox and completely fill it with tools, you're going to be a lot <laughs> more in the hole. Right. Well, okay. So here's an age old question brought up by that, like the, the tool question. Um, some, some people will say and, and swear loyalty to specific brands of guns or, or DAs or whatever. Do you, do you feel like the tool makes a huge difference or is it more the operator? Um, no, 
I think it's just like anything. Everybody has a preference, and some things are going to last longer than others. Obviously, if you buy a Harbor Freight tool and you buy a Snap-on tool, one is going to outlive the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think tools are a very big investment, but if you invest in them, then I've had spray guns that I've had ever since. I still have my first one. Um, you know what I mean? If you... It, it is a big purchase, but at the end of the day, you're going to use that tool forever. I'm sure you have tools ever since you first started. Totally. Yeah. So for someone starting out early on, like if they're going to invest in like one or two really good quality tools, what, what tools do you say at the beginning to put the money into it's worth buying expensive versus what tool can they like skimp on and buy a cheaper uh version? Um, that's hard because everything's going to be different. Like your realm's going to be different than my realm, but. No, I but for you guys, for, for paint. For paint, paint girl, and body. A paint gun and a DA. Invest in that. I bought an Ingersoll uh, DA ever since I left tech school and I'm still using the same one. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's impressive. Yeah. I just replaced the pad on it. And wow. uh, so every couple years is it uh, a pneumatic I, one it's an air tool uh, yeah it's an air tool wow and do you oil it all the time is that how it's lasted so long honestly i don't <laughs> i'm like because i have not ever had a pneumatic tool last that long that's impressive uh, um i do every now and then you know when everybody's all like hey do you ever oil that i'm like yeah sure <laughs> you know? i'm so bad about that i'm so bad about it <laughs> one ever since uh what did I go to tech school whenever I bought it whenever I was 17 and I still have the same one my spray gun I have bought a new one obviously um spray guns actually have come a long way yeah um, so the gun I bought you could not use today without it doing weird things because um, <laughs> it just let so much out um but um how many yeah. spray guns do you have uh, I don't know. I haven't counted in a while, but I have a bunch here and I have a bunch at work. Um, but out of all the ones I bought, I bought a phaser and, uh, that one's probably the most expensive one, but honestly, I love it and I can see the difference. Really? Um, but, um, and I use it every day. I used to be really picky about guns and, uh, I w in the collision world, I had one for solids, I had one for clear, I had one for sealer, I had one for base, um, you know, high metallics, low metallics. Right. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I, yeah, I bought my phaser strictly for clear, but now I put everything through it. Interesting. I put primer, I put primer through it. I put sealer through it. Wow. So through it, I put clear through it. Man, I use and abuse that thing. Interesting. Uh, runs like a champ that's awesome and is it can you change the nozzle size um yeah I could I could but I don't I keep so you're just using the same size for everything and it's just that solid that's awesome yeah because yeah, I, I see people who have like a gazillion different yeah. <laughs> um but it, I, I think it does the gun really does depend what line uh a paint you spray and um 
like if you spray single stage or you spray like clears and some clears are set up different uh water-based and solvents are different so uh water base is thinner so they want you to use a different size tip and right. you know it really does whenever on collision but um with spees uh we spray spees hacker and it's really okay. thick uh, and okay. i could just use one i just use one paint line um so i could spray everything out of it are you doing solvent or what are that makes me solvent you do oh. solvent there yeah yeah i spray Gotcha. Yeah, and everything we use is all automotive. We don't use any, well, we use gel coat on some of the interior pieces, but everything else is all automotive. And it's a 1-3. Somebody. Nice. Good. I was going to ask that, and then I forgot, so thank you for asking that. <laughs> awesome. 3RP. Very cool. So, what else? What does the world need to know about Miss Olivia uh, Cook? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Nothing exciting, I guess. Just working, <laughs> trying to do the whole deal like everybody else is at the end of the day. Yep, absolutely. Well, I will let everybody, a little teaser is that there is um, a, a very good potential that there is going to be a fun little project coming that uh, is going to involve both Olivia and myself. So you'll have to stay tuned to both of our social media feeds to to see what's going on with that. Ooh, that's a great question. Who do you look up to in the custom paint world? Uh, I really looked up uh, to Mike Lavallee, who passed. Um, and uh, I, ever since I saw him on, I think the first show I saw him was on Overhauling, but it was whenever I was in high school. And uh, yeah, once I saw him, I was like, that's it for me. That's what I want to do. And then that's why I ended up going to tech school. And we actually met a couple years ago, and we met at SEMO. We became friends, and uh, um, yeah, he was a big supporter, and he always believed in me. So, what um, uh, did he ever give you any like um, amazing like words of advice or or wisdom? Like, what what would you say if you had to? Like, was the biggest lesson you learned from him? Um. Mike told me a story how he first started and uh, he painted a lot whenever he was young and he was, I forget if he, I think he broke one of his limbs and he was stuck in a bed and uh, he started uh, painting animals and then he went into pinstriping and then he moved out to Washington and he told me about the first time he met Chip. Uh, Chip. And uh, went on the show and he said uh, uh, he met Chip at a show and he had a roadster there that had a nick and the pinstripe that uh, um, he uh, told the guy about. And uh, he came by and fixed it and Chip came by his booth and saw a painting that he did with a lion and his mane was on fire. So Chip asked him to come out to California and he had no idea who Chip was. And uh, he had his business card and he went out there to California and he did the show. And then after that, he said he really took off. So uh, he painted a pinstriping brush uh, box for me and it said, uh, I hope you find the one brush stroke that'll change your life forever. Oh, wow. That it's just, sometimes it's by chance and it's like one instant that changes your life forever. So 
that's one thing he told me to never say no and just keep on pushing on to whatever I want to do. I love that. I think that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, I, it's interesting. We talk about opportunities and we talk about it's I think a lot of times I hear people talk about seeing oh, opportunities happen for everybody else, but never for me or right like when is my opportunity or my brush stroke going to happen? And sometimes you don't notice it if you're not looking for it, right? Like, or you don't say yes to it. Like it shows up and you don't say yes. Like Mike had to say yes to this random guy he didn't know who turned out to be Chip Foose. He had to say yes, right? <laughs> like yes. That's, you got to be willing to say yes to something like, crazy. The booth next to me and he was all like, you know, getting all excited because it was Chip. And he was like, who is that guy? And he's all like, that's Chip Foose. And he's like, who is that guy? You know, and he had no idea who it was or you know, what that. he was about to get into. Uh, but yeah, that was one thing he always told me was just never say no. Everything's an opportunity and you never know where it can take you. Amen to that. I love that. That's a, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful note, I think, to to kind of leave this on. And we're we're um we're running short on time because Instagram only gives us a small window. So, um, <laughs> um, I want to I want to thank you so much for coming on and and spending some time with me for happy hour. I miss you so much, and I can't wait for us to hang out together again soon. I'll just come by and hang out and visit, you know. Yes. But then your state is the last state I want to be in. Right yeah, no, now. you don't want to come to Arizona right now. Oh, Lord, you do not want to come to Arizona right now. We're horrible. <laughs> oh, and now you're in Florida, and that's not any better. No, I Aren't you in four, Florida? Right the four worst states. So right now, Texas, Florida, California, and Arizona are the worst states. I film in Florida. I live in Arizona. My co-host lives in Texas, and my boyfriend lives in California. <laughs> You're so I'm totally doomed. <laughs> so we won't get to hang out for a while in person, but right. soon. Thema, but soon. Yeah, soon. And we pushed back the Volvo till 2021. So we've got lots of time, which means <laughs> when this all settles down, we can hang out and maybe not have pressure and not have stress. That's not going to happen. <laughs> A girl can hope, Olivia. A girl can hope. Okay. It'll be fun. Yes. All right. Well, I'm proud of you with your new house. I'm so excited for everything you've got going on. And I'm um, excited to see what is coming next for you. And everybody who's listening and who listens to this in the future, because it'll be on my IG TV if you've missed it, um, you can catch it there. But make sure you check out Olivia's page and check out all of her stuff. Give her a follow. Um, support this amazing woman. Um, and tune in next week to meet somebody else new and wonderful and exciting. But um, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Appreciate you all for hanging out with us for a little bit. And Olivia, I love you. I love you. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.